All right, Fritzbergen, bloodandfaith.com. It's the after show. It's Sunday, the 12th of February. I guess it's Super Bowl Sunday for people, but uh, I barely knew who was playing, and uh, only because I have a co-worker who was into that sort of stuff. What does a society look like that wants to return to God? What, at, at what point does a society, call it the United States of America, call it Sweden, call it Europe, decide it wants to return to Jesus Christ as monarch? Well, as we're going through the book of Judges, which we started this morning for the Sunday morning service, Sunday morning sermon, and we'll be going throughout for the next several Sunday mornings, live at 10.30. I do that live, 10.30 East Coast time, fritzreport.podbean.com. We see a common theme. We see that when the people of God cry out, really in agony, right, really in misery, in, in oppression, then God hears. And we saw that with the Hebrews in uh, Egypt, when the race of Hebrews, when the race of the sons of Israel, when that holy race, oh, I can't believe you have a holy race. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. It's a holy race. The sons of Jacob, completely different than the people that call themselves Jews today. When they cried out to God and it were in oppression, God heard. They heard their prayer. And in the book of Judges, we see the same thing. When they cried out from true oppression... God heard their prayer, and he sent deliverers, and he made things happen. Are we there today in Europe and the United States? My answer has to be no. My answer is going to be no. I don't think we are. I think for most, I'll just say most Christians, most white people, heritage Christians, white people are heritage Christians, um, the sons and daughters of, of those that serve God, just like the children of Israel in the book of Judges who forgot about the God of their ancestors. They forgot about the God of their fathers. So it is for Europeans today. So it is for white people today. And I include white people, everybody from Greece to Iceland. All right? So don't get all offended because you're not, you're not you know, white enough. Greece to, to Finland, man. Greece to Iceland. Russia west to, I don't know, the Pharaohs, the Iceland, yeah, all the way down. Everywhere that was Christianized, from the Christian cross on the flag of Greece to the Christian cross on Iceland and Faroe Islands and Finland, Wales, Scotland. We've forgotten the God of our ancestors. Yet we still have food. We still have a roof over our heads. We seem to find a way to entertain ourselves. And we're going to hell faster than ever. How bad does it have to get before we return to Jesus Christ? I don't know. It seems like it was pretty bad in Egypt. But was it bad enough? It seems like it was pretty bad in, uh, uh, in the land of Canaan when... when Joshua and his compatriots died out. The next generation, they forgot the Lord their God. I don't know the answer to that. On one sense, I, I hope we get to the point where we are desperate enough to return to God. On the other hand, I, I don't want it to get that bad because I don't want bad things for people.
But if we cannot be a society that fears Jesus Christ, then all is lost. It's not only lost for that generation, but it's lost for all succeeding generations. Because who's going to tell them about Jesus Christ? Who's going to preach the gospel to them? And if we live in a culture that literally has forgotten about Jesus Christ, has forgotten the Holy Scriptures, what does a man face when he goes into eternity? He's been taught all his life that he's a product of time and chance. Taught all his life that he's a cosmic accident. They can act unilaterally in this life with absolutely no eternal consequences. Uh, life is, uh, judgment day is going to be rough. Now, it's my opinion that God has put a witness inside every man's heart as to what he will be judged for, and I have a video on that. It's called The Judgment Day. If you go to bloodandfaith.com, go to the archives, click on Judgment, or type in Judgment, and it's, it's on, it's, I think it's on a Rumble video. It's been up there for years. Everybody knows. When you go to the Judgment Day, you're going to know what you're going to be judged for. There's not, you're not going to be surprised. You're not going to say, oh God, I didn't know. And this video explains why. But at one point, will we, as Europeans, as white people, say we need to return to the God of our ancestors? Is it going to take a nuclear war? I don't know. And then what's it going to be like when that happens? It's going to be a mess. I hate to tell you this, but it's going to be a bloody mess. And I know the church wants to get raptured out of there. And I, I think that's a false hope. I think that hope is as false as the false prophets that Jeremiah faced off with that I touched on a podcast here a few days ago. Jeremiah said, hey, Babylon's taken over. Babylon's taken over. Jerusalem's fallen. You're all going to be in captivity. And they wanted to kill him because you're speaking against us. You're speaking against our people. You're disillusioning us. And we're God's people. And, uh, you know, we're going to get saved and, the, and, and, and Babylon's going to be crushed. Jeremiah was a very lone voice. And in my opinion, in Fritz's opinion, y'all are looking for fool's gold, trying to get raptured out of a bad situation. That's, historically, that's not how it works. Didn't work in the time of Jeremiah. Did not work that way in the time of Jeremiah. When you look at the ancient nation of Israel, they got so desperate they were eating their own children. We're, not, we're a long ways from there. When I say a nation got desperate to serve God and they were oppressed... They were so oppressed at times, they were eating their own children as their city was under siege. We're not there. We're not there yet. And when I look at, uh, you read stories about the Nigerians, the, the, the Christians in Nigeria, and they're being preyed upon by the Muslims, by the Antichrist forces, uh, and killed. They're doing horrible things to their kids, and, and they're killing them. They didn't get raptured, man. I'm just telling you, they didn't get raptured out of there. My mom and dad didn't get raptured. Kids didn't get raptured. You go back and you look at the history of Russia, a century ago now, a century ago. And you had Lenin and Stalin in charge, and then they had their henchmen in charge of the synagogue of Satan. And they starved 10, 20 million people, starved to death on purpose took their food, sold the food overseas, and allowed the kulaks and others to starve to death. They didn't get raptured out of there. 
They did not get raptured out of there. Surely it was the end of the age. Surely that was the end of the age. Literally the Antichrist literally the Antichrist took over. Those people who exactly fit the description of the Antichrist, they reject the Father and the Son. They deny that the Messiah has already come. Those are the two definitions of the Antichrist in 1 John 2.22 and in 2 John verse 7. And they starved to death by the millions. And they didn't get raptured out of there. Christians in Africa being crucified and killed and enslaved by Muslims. They didn't get raptured out of there. You had German Christians in the Second World War that, that were suffered under the fire bombings of the Allies, the, uh, the English and the Americans. They didn't get raptured out of there. Did not get raptured out of there. More German, vastly more Germans died that way than, than all the people that died in the, the camps. The Christians in, in, the, in, the, in the southern U.S., they didn't get raptured out of the Civil War. They did not get raptured out of the Civil War. You had an invading empire coming down there to crush the southern way of life and killed and destroyed a southern Christian society. They didn't get raptured out of there. Noah didn't get raptured out of the great flood. He was told, there's a flood coming, you need to prepare, 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 and preach the gospel in the meantime. He did not get raptured out of the flood. He didn't go into heaven and eat uh, baked cookies for a year while the world was destroyed. He did not. He relied on his prepped, preps, rode out the flood with a bunch of animals for a year, and then rebuilt society after the great flood. He rebuilt society after the Great Flood. He did not get raptured out of there. The Hebrews did not get raptured out of Egypt. A Savior was sent, a Messiah was sent, Moses was sent, and they endured the suffering. And they left, and they journeyed 40 years in the wilderness, 40 years in the wilderness. And then they began the battle in the promised land. Then they began the battle in the land of Canaan to build a Christian nation. We're not getting raptured out of this. We're not getting raptured out of this. And I'm afraid our theology is inadequate today for most of the church to support rebuilding Christendom, rebuilding a Christian society, because we've abandoned so much of the Holy Scriptures in order to please the Antichrist. Who's the Antichrist? It's the synagogue of Satan. Revelation chapter 2, verse 9, Jesus Christ says, I know the slander of those who claim to be Jews, but they're not, and they're a synagogue of Satan. Revelation 3, 9. He says, I'll make those who claim to be Jews but are not and are liars and are of a synagogue of Satan come down and bow at your feet to show them that I have loved you. That's Revelation 3, verse 9. Revelation 3, verse 9 is a reflection of, I think it's Isaiah 60, verse 14. You would think that 
preacher man might have a Bible in front of him, but oh no, I got to reach across the table and, and grab it. See how good I am. Isaiah 60, verse 14. Here's Isaiah 60, verse 14. The sons of those who afflicted you will come bowing to you. And all of those who despised you will bow themselves at the soles of your feet. And they will call you the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. All right? That's the exact reflection of Revelation 3, verse 9. And I'll read that to you right here. Got my little thumbs are working. Revelation 3.9 Behold, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie, I will make them come and bow down at your feet and make them know that I have loved you. Okay, exact repeat of not only Revelation 2.9, but Isaiah 60 verse 14. You say, oh, they're talking about Bowing down to, no, we're talking about Zion. Who's Zion? It's the church. You didn't know that? You didn't know that Zion's the church? Well, let me help you out there. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. But you've already come to Mount Zion, church. That's what it says. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God in the heavenly Jerusalem. You have already come, past tense. This is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. You have already come to Mount Zion and to the holy and to the city of the living God in the heavenly Jerusalem and to myriads of angels and to the generally, a general assembly and church of the firstborn who enrolled in heaven and to God the judge of all and to the spirits of righteous made perfect and to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant and to be sprinkled with his blood which speaks better than the blood of Abel. The church is Zion. The church is the new Jerusalem. People out there blessing that thing, that city over there in the Middle East today. Oh, the Bible says you've got to bless Jerusalem. Let me give you the example of that. Let me give you the example of that. Let me just turn to a, a, a random scripture. Here's Philippians. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who were in Philippi, including the overseers and the deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who you bless. Grace to you, Christians, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. When the scripture, then when you've got some scripture back from the Hebrew scriptures in the Old Testament that says, Bless Jerusalem, may all who bless Jerusalem be blessed. It's talking about blessing the church in Jesus Christ. My proof is every one of the epistles begins with a blessing to the church. And Hebrews 12, 22. You've already come to Mount Zion. You've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. I've created a theology based on the traditions of men, which is, of course, what the Talmud people did. So what's it going to take for white nations, white people, and I mean nations, I don't mean, uh, you know, Sam and Joe and Sean and Kelly and Patrick. I mean entire nations of white people to return and repent and return to Jesus Christ. How bad does it have to get? I don't know what the answer to that is, but based on the Holy Scriptures, it's pretty bad. I'd love for us to repent before then. 
I do know there was a great first awakening and second great awakening amongst the Europeans in England, North America, Europe. I, I yearn for that. I pray for that. But I would also tell you that that also comes during a time of great distress, the Revolutionary War, the Civil War. And I'll also tell you that the nation that will not serve Jesus Christ, that refuses to, bad things happen. Deuteronomy 28. So I, I yearn for a day when the churches ring with a full theology, a theology of Christian nations, that nations would serve Jesus Christ. All the different nations would have their own place. They have their own place. The reason they get mixed up is to not to, to do God's plan, but to do Satan's plan. You mix the nations up, not for God's plan, but for Satan's plan. That's what Babel was. God didn't like that. He separated the nations at Babel, enforced it by changing their languages. And the church is so mixed up. There's like, oh, but that's racist. You need to flush that word down the toilet. It's not a Christian concept. Well, I don't know what I could do if I didn't. I couldn't abide by that word. You read the Bible, and you build with your kith and kin, and you make no apologies. The nations were separated to see which races and nations would serve Jesus Christ. Some will, some won't. And if you don't feel you fit into what I've talked to you about, that's fine. That's fine. Find your kith, find your kin, find your tribe, find your nation, build Christian nations. I'll help you. I'm 100% for that. But I'm, I'm very reluctant to go out and start building a house on a bad foundation. I can't in good conscience recommend that just because it's convenient and, and uh, some people will speak good words about that because that's what happened in the United States, exactly what happened in the United States, exactly what happened during, to the nation of Israel during the time of uh, the judges, which we're going through on Sunday mornings. Oh, we're all one. We can all be one. We can all be united. And the pagan gods took them away. It's a fierce concept that I'm talking about. It's a very fierce concept. But somehow, man, where we're at as a, as, a, as a Christian church in Europe and North America, I think uh, I think we've got to do a lot of rethinking about our theology and what we understand about the world and go back to the Holy Scriptures. If I read the Scriptures and I don't know anything about history and I look at the condition of our country where we're openly worshiping Moloch with human sacrifice of babies. That's what abortion is. If I look at America and, and see the government-funded cutting of children to... I can't talk about it. I get too upset. But this transgender stuff is, is human live torture of, of kids, of children, cutting them. I, I I can't I can't I can't talk about it. And to normalize that, and now you got Super Bowl Sunday. I don't know. I understand that they're quote unquote entertainment activities during halftime may not be very wholesome. 
but I won't be around to watch that. I do know what I've seen in the press, and what I've seen in the press with modern-day entertainment. Glorify Satan directly. Don't even hide it anymore. Back in the 50s, it was very much hidden. It's all clean and nice and neat. 2023, it's, it's open satanic worship. What's God supposed to do with a nation like that? Is he, is he supposed to dishonor his word? Deuteronomy 28? Is God, can God just say, you know what, I'm going to give a special pass to the United States of America because, you know, they're special. And he never gave a pass to the children of Israel? Well, I'm going to give a special pass to the United States. I'm not going to punish them for open satanic worship and the complete abandonment of Jesus Christ because, well, uh, just because. I don't think he can do that. When is the judgment going to come? I don't know. I think it's here. I think it's here. I think we're watching the implosion of our country. Our borders are gone. You, th you think the inflation is bad now? You just wait. This war in Ukraine is this the war in I won't even call it a war in Ukraine. The war in Europe is exploding. There's there's no sign that it's winding down. There's every sign that it's going to keep increasing. Could that be it? Am I preaching the end of the world? No, I'm not preaching the end of the world. That's one thing I'm not doing. I'm preaching what has happened before shall happen again. War, famine, destruction, disease. The sword, the famine, and disease, pestilence. It, Jesus Christ summoned those things against the ancient nation of Israel because they did not serve him. How, how much more today? How much more today for the United States and Europe? And we've listened to the seed of the serpent. We've listened to the brood of the vipers who've told us, oh, we can have a multicultural and diverse society and welcome all these people in, and they can serve their gods, and, and you, little Christian, go do your little Christian thing. And in order for the, the, the Christians to survive, they're like, well, we don't, you know, this is very uncomfortable. So the church has tried to be more and more and more like the pagan peoples and like the pagan religions. To the extent they denounce their own ancestors, they violate the fifth commandment. We're not going to honor our ancestors. They're racist and anti-Semitic. That is ungodly. It's un antichrist. It's unbiblical. It's it's rebellion against God Almighty to do that and say those things about your ancestors. I don't care if they're German. These are the things the church has to get straightened out theologically, if we're going to build Christian nations. And is is it going to be fun? No, it's not going to be fun. It's going to be, it's going to be a hard time. It's going to be a hard time. But we have to have that vision. We're going to take back these things. We're going to take back Europe from the pagan, from the Muslim, and from the synagogue of Satan. Most of all, from the synagogue of Satan. Who, who inspires evil in the world, Fritz? The answer is the synagogue of Satan does. Why would there any be, even be any question about that? Who inspired evil 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ was here? You don't think Jesus Christ went after the devil? You don't think Jesus Christ went after the devil 2,000 years ago? What, he just said, oh, you know, I live in a diverse and multicultural society, and you know, the devil is flying around out there in outer space, and he's the bad guy, but everybody here is good, and we're going to get along. Is that what Jesus Christ did? No, that's not what Jesus Christ did. Satan hated Jesus Christ. He made his pitch to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ shut him down. The Talmud people picked up the offer that Satan made when Satan said, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the power and wealth in the world. The Talmud people picked it up. 
And the war simply entered a new phase. The war that began in Genesis 3.15, where I will put enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent, simply entered a new and more powerful phase. Jesus Christ got his church. Satan got his synagogue. Well, I can't believe you say that. That's anti-Semitic. I don't care. Those words have to be eliminated from the vocabulary of the church. They're not Bible words. Oh, we're supposed to love our neighbor. Uh-huh. And so why would Jesus Christ say, fear him who can, soul, who can uh, uh, throw body and soul into hell at the same time? Oh, I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me either. And that's why the church in 2023 has a new marketing ploy to continue to degrade the character and personality of Jesus Christ to make him pleasing to the Antichrist, pleasing to the synagogue of Satan. Antichrist is already here. If the Antichrist was here 2,000 years ago when John wrote, why do you think the Antichrist is not here today? We, we've created all these little goblins out there that distract us from the real enemy and the real people and the real issues. Oh, we don't have to fight anybody because, you know, there's spirits up there and there's ghosts floating around. Jesus Christ cast some demons out. But he is very direct in who the enemy was. Very, very direct. You brood of vipers. You brood of vipers. You brood of vipers. What is he saying when he says that? Is that just a curse word? It's like, is that like calling them uh, SOBs or something like that? No, he's referring back to what he said in Genesis 3.15. You seed of the serpent. This needs to ring from the pulpits. It needs to ring from the pulpits. 1 Thessalonians 2.15 The Jews who killed the prophets, who drove us out, and are at enmity with all mankind. Needs to ring from the pulpits. Oh, you can't say that. I worship Jesus Christ. I serve Jesus Christ. I say what Jesus Christ says. I say what His Word says. I do not apologize for that. And it doesn't matter how illegal you make it. That's the beauty of this. And this is why it's the church that's the answer. If the church would read what Jesus said and say what Jesus says. Instead of hiding behind these traditions where they get along and are friends with the world. In contradiction to James 4.4. 4. Fritz Bergen, bloodandfaith.com.